Let's talk about art. What is art? Is it just stuff that's nice to look at, or does it have to be something deeper? Is the true value of art directly tied to how much skill and work went into its creation, or is the concept more important? These are all questions that people have been asking throughout human history, but especially since the dawn of modern art, when artists started going out of their way to break the rules of their craft. I mean, it's all gotten pretty meta, and examples this show has covered in recent years include that banana that was duct taped to a wall, which was subsequently eaten while on display by someone looking to do a bit of their own art. And then there was the artist who sold intangible sculptures for thousands of dollars, literally sculptures that don't exist, aka nothing, an idea that quickly drew accusations of plagiarism from other artists who claimed that they had already had that idea first, which, sure. And recently, the art world was rocked by a new art concept that could be described as crime art, mm. where a criminal act itself is the art. Not to be confused with art crime, where art is stolen and resold on the black market, although I, there's probably also a way to do that in a way where it could be considered art. Anything yeah. can be art. Your Honor, I was simply creating. I'm a creator. But no, we're talking about art, or more specifically, uh, crime, fraud, with, mm -hmm. a, with a side of theft, presented as art, and uh, knowingly put on display by the very people who were defrauded and robbed. Are you confused? Yes. Yes, that's understandable. Mm -hmm. well, let's just let The Guardian explain. A Danish artist who pocketed large sums of money lent to him by a museum and submitted empty frames as his artwork has been ordered by a court to repay the funds. Jens Hanning, a conceptual artist whose work focuses on power and inequality, was commissioned in 2021 by the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg, North Denmark, to recreate two earlier works that used scores of banknotes to represent average incomes. Hanning's 2007 work, An Average Danish Annual Income, displayed Krone notes fixed to canvas in a frame, and a second 2011 work about Austrian incomes used euro bills. The museum provided about 532,000 krone, or 61,500 pounds, from its reserves to recreate artworks as well as an artist's fee of about 40,000 krone. But when staff unpacked the newly delivered works, they found two empty frames with the title, Take the Money and Run. The museum put the new artworks on display, but when Hanning declined to return the money, it took legal action. No, you don't understand. I took the money and I ran. That was the art. This is great. This Pretty is, cool. This is brilliant art yes well done sir and yeah for reference uh, here's the previous artwork that they were wanting Jens Hanning to recreate it's just a, a framed grid of Danish money 278 1,000 kroner notes and one 500 kroner note adding up to the average Danish income circa 2010 which is equal to around 40,000 US dollars it's a pretty great example of conceptual art because there's really not much to it at all but it gets the viewer to think about money in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Here's an average person's entire income on display. It doesn't look like a whole lot, but the average person lives off of that for an entire year. And meanwhile, it's an amount of money that rich people throw at fancy artwork without thinking twice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's good art. But when asked to do a rerun of a piece he previously created over a decade ago, Jens Hanning, like a true artist, was not content with just repeating something he'd already done. Mm -hmm. So he devised a new twist on the piece, with a more ham-fisted message for all the folks that didn't get it the first time. When his stunt was first unveiled, he told a Danish radio station, The work is that I have taken their money. It's not theft, it's a breach of contract, and a breach of contract is part of the work. I encourage other people who have working conditions as miserable as mine to do the same. 
If they're sitting in some shitty job and not getting paid and are actually being asked to pay money to go to work, then grab what you can and beat it. Cool. Uh, in another interview, he explicitly encouraged cashiers to steal from the cash register. <laughs> hey, that's performance art, baby. Take the money and run. As long as it makes people think. And yeah. your managers will definitely be thinking. And now, because I told you to do it, you've got the art defense. Yes, that's right. Uh, which, I've written you the permission slip. Yeah, which to our American ears, that doesn't sound like anything. But over in Europe, they take the art defense a little bit more seriously. They, I think. Uh, the Europeans are of a higher class. They are. Yeah. They're more cultured. You wouldn't want to look silly by not understanding this art, would you, Europeans? Because yeah. then the Americans are going to be making fun of you. So I think it's in everyone's best interest for the cultural representation yeah. of Europe to let this slide. You're free to go. Meanwhile, here in America, they're like, art? What do you mean? It's got dogs playing cards? What do you mean? They're playing poker. It's cool. <laughs> when I say I got that dog in me, that's what I mean. You see, it's dogs. They're playing cards. People usually play cards, but these are dogs These are dogs. Cards. They don't usually do that. That's why it's weird. And so conceptually, when you think about it, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, there's not a lot separating us from the dogs. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, France does uh, great art projects every couple of years where they just burn down the entire city over uh, rights that they should be given. Yeah, it really makes you think. That's a good art project when mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you think you want to raise the retirement age? Time to put on some uh, hypercolor vests. Beautiful Get art. Get out there. Beautiful art. Best viewed from a distance. Yes. And yeah, so at least at first, the museum seemed okay with what happened. Uh, the museum's director told the BBC... He stirred up my curatorial staff, and he also stirred me up a bit. But I also had a laugh, because it was really humoristic. And on the museum's website, their description of the work demonstrates a clear understanding of what Haunting was going for. Haunting's new work, Take the Money and Run, is also a recognition that works of art, despite intentions to the contrary, are part of a capitalist system that values a work based on some arbitrary conditions. The valuation of art can be about the name of an artist, which gallery the artist is affiliated with, and what art collections the work is a part of. The work can therefore both be seen as a critique of mechanisms within the art world, but also points to larger structures in our society, all as an item that can be calculated in monetary unites. Even the lack of money in the work has a monetary value when it is designated as art, and thus shows how the value of money is an abstract quantity. The art understander has logged on. Uh, this is great. I love... It, it is almost a necessity for this museum to come up with uh, a positive spin on this. Because but, otherwise, they look duped. I mean, they asked for art. And that's and, what they got. And he gave them art. He didn't give them exactly what they wanted, but that's part of the art. He yeah. was not giving them what they wanted. And in fact, stealing money from them mm -hmm. with no intention to return it. That's art, baby. Oh, you want me to pay the money back? I guess you hate art. Which is funny, because you're an art museum. I thought you liked art. Me mm. paying mm. the money back would be like dumping paint all over a beautiful Rembrandt. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it. Nope. I'm keeping it. <laughs> yes. I, I will never ruin art. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm just. I would love to give the money back, but I just care. I, I care about art that much. I I do. I am a uh, art aficionado. So their description also compares "Take the Money and Run" to the Banksy work "Love Is in the Bin," which, in a similar fashion, was a different Banksy work called "Girl with a Balloon," which a hidden paper shredder in the frame immediately destroyed as soon as bidding on the piece closed. Girl with a Balloon sold for $1 million, and a few years later, Love is in the Bin sold for over 18 million pounds. Uh, mainly because, yeah, one got a lot more press. Yeah, before it was just a Banksy, and now it's a, a Banksy that self-destructed. And, yeah, was seen around the world millions of times. It's a so, conversation piece. 
kind of backfired for Banksy, I'd say. Also, it was supposed to shred the entire thing, and the, the damn thing short-circuited halfway through, or got, got jammed up. Which ended up leaving it as a piece of art, because yeah. it was all self-contained. So, I mean, unless, I unless that was the point all along. No, I mean, he, said, he said publicly, he's like, yeah, we tested it a bunch of times, it destroyed the whole thing, and then the real version, it didn't work. God had other plans. But I think the, even... The biggest artist of all. Even if it had fully shredded it, uh, whoever owned it would have, I don't know, taped it back together. And it would have been worth more because it has a story to it now. No, if, if you wanted the real original art, you have to take the entire floorboard up where it landed and the wall <laughs> section that it was mounted to and have all of that yeah. there. Just come in with the Sawzall, take that drywall out. Yes. So that's the way to preserve it. Mm -hmm. You go stitching it back together. That's not you. Or that's not Banksy. That's a you art. You don't hear much about Banksy anymore. He's well. He's definitely older now, and probably we don't know how old though. We don't know anything. Older than me. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm no spring chicken. I just, I just hope that Banksy, uh, you know, like a lot of other Brits, I hope Banksy didn't get a little cooped up during COVID, start going on some message boards, and just ruin his fucking life over transphobia because. Uh, Hey, a, lot of, a lot of turf graffiti going happens up. to a lot of famous British people. They yeah. just throw their entire life away because uh, they get really hung up on trans people. What was the band that everyone thought that he was in? Because like Banksy's would pop up. It was up like where Massive was... Attack. Something I think. like that. Yeah. I think he was just like friends with the band and would tour with them. But maybe. Uh, yeah. There's there's been a lot of theories. It, it is kind of amazing that they've managed to keep the lid on it so successfully for this long. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's really something. Anyways, the museum uh, that was hosting this art, it, they took the whole thing in stride, except for the idea that they weren't getting their money back. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Great job. We love it. But, Just one thing. Yes. Uh, the original deal was that they'd provide the money, and then once the exhibition was over, they'd get the money back. But Hanning was very upfront from the beginning that he had no plans to do that, and that a key element of the artwork was that he took the money and ran. But the Danish courts have finally ordered him to pay up, minus his original fee, which apparently puts Hanning in quite a bit of debt since he was treating that money as his own all this time. And I hope the government is ready for an art defense because spending it was also part yeah, of the art. The government is actually kind of destroying art. When everyone jokes about things being a write-off, Your Honor, uh, I, got, I got something to tell you. <laughs> this is a write-off. Yeah. Uh, it does at least add even more meaning to the art. You know, that's something, but it doesn't pay the bills. So, again, yeah. I, I gotta say, if you're a European, you're gonna wanna pay this guy what he's owed. Otherwise, your museums are just gonna be filled with dogs playing poker. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to live like us. Yeah. Un uncultured swine over here. Just pathetic. Unimaginative. Half of our, our artists are just taking photographs. Yeah. I, I bet he could make that money back immediately just by selling another blank canvas and saying, uh, yeah, that's take sure. take money and run part two. But he's enough of a he, he's that dedicated to his integrity. Yeah. That he wouldn't do that. No, any wavering on this ruins the art. Yeah. You have to be steadfast in your intentions. I'm not taking the money and running if you give me the money fully understanding that I'm robbing you. I that's need not, to be that's not art on the run. <laughs> And if I if a court orders me to pay, I am no longer on the run. I have been uh, yeah. taken in by 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 justice. By definition, not yeah. on the run anymore. Uh -huh. So yeah, very exciting stuff. And um, love the art world. Love the art world. Always loved the art really, world. You know, it it makes you think. It sure does. Yes. Now, let's move on now to other news about the intersection of art and commerce. 
You could certainly make the argument that the short-lived craze of non-fungible tokens followed by their quick and inevitable downfall was, if nothing else, itself a tremendous work of conceptual meta-art, forcing the viewer to confront and examine the role of art, artists, and art collectors in a 21st century capitalist society. And that's basically the only way that we can ascribe any value to that very weird and annoying period of time, because the art itself was fucking worthless, and not worthless in a subjective sense, like actually, literally worthless. And that's not an opinion. <laughs> that's a fact, baby. Here's Rolling Stone. A team of researchers have crunched the numbers to explain why you don't see people hawking ugly cartoon apes on the internet as much anymore. NFTs, or non-fungible tokens, once vaunted as a revolution in crypto and digital art, are largely worthless. Dead NFTs, the evolving landscape of the NFT market, is a new report from DAP Gamble, a community of experts in finance and blockchain technology. Upon analysis of 73,257 NFT collections, the authors found that 69,795 have a market cap of zero Ether, the second most popular cryptocurrency behind Bitcoin. In practical terms, that means 95% of NFTs wouldn't fetch a penny today. A spectacular crash for assets that reached a trading volume of $17 billion amid a frenzied bull market in 2021. The study estimates that some 23 million investors own these tokens of no practical use or value. Uh, I would have to assume a good chunk of those, uh, they've lost the keys and they're just orphans out there on the blockchain. Yeah, it's, uh, but you know, you just hold on to them for long enough and just like Beanie Babies, they'll rush back into value. Oh, there are definitely... There, those Beanie Babies are gonna, you're gonna be able to cash those in any moment. There are definitely some World War II Japanese military holdouts in the NFT space. They're yes. hold up in their cave. They're like, when, oh, you're, yeah, I'll be the one laughing when these things uh, bounce back any no, day now. I don't trust you. I'm waiting till Drake and Tom Brady themselves show up on this island to tell me my NFTs are <laughs> worthless. Uh, Werner Herzog wrote a great book about that in that specific World War II guy. Yeah, uh, just yeah. this year. It's a very short read. Is it good? I read it in one day at a coffee shop, and I it, it was a joy. It's like watching a little documentary. I feel like I'd need, I'd have to do the audiobook for that one because I, I don't know if he narrates it, but if he'd he does, have to. It's a, he has like <laughs> the most distinct fucking narrator voice. Uh, no, it's a good, it's a good book, and it's a, a very quick read. And if you have heard us reference that story of a Japanese soldier who didn't know the war was over for, for like twenty years, 20 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's quite a read. They had to get his whole old general. <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the war's over. Yeah, it's uh, wild. They were yeah. really uh, they were really dedicated to that war. Some yes. Give that guy a medal. Anyway, it continues. What's more, supply vastly outstripped demand for NFTs. Just 21% of the collections included in the study can claim full ownership, meaning around four out of every five collections remains unsold. With buyers becoming more discerning, the report notes, Projects that lack clear use cases, compelling narratives, or genuine artistic value are finding it increasingly difficult to attract attention and sales. And while headlines during the heyday of NFT speculation focused on individual pieces that sold for the equivalent of millions of dollars in crypto, almost none are so exorbitantly priced today. Less than 1% are listed at more than $6,000. And the bulk of the most expensive collections are priced between $5 and $100. Almost a fifth of the top collections have a floor price of zero. 
Even among the more expensive NFTs, the report notes, such prices may be set without any bearing on tangible real demand, reflecting wishful thinking from sellers and potentially distorting investors' view of an NFT's meager inherent value. It, it, it's funny to see that too. I, I've seen that on uh, Discogs where you can like have your record collection. There's some real where I've like I've like dickheads on there. Yeah. I've gone through my collection and been like, wait, what? I can't remember which one it was, but it was like. This album's worth two hundred dollars, and no. it's like there's one for sale. Some by other a guy dudes like, yeah. come on. It's like last sold forty dollars. One, there's one for sale on the website, yeah. two hundred dollars. I'm not even in like the vinyl scene, but like, yeah, there have been like a few albums where I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to have this on vinyl, and I'm like, for some reason, everything I want, even the like current. Oh, well, uh, look at look at who you are. But even like even the current day stuff, yeah, is always like limited edition vinyl pressings. Yeah. And I'll check Discogs and it's like, uh, yeah, 200, 300. I'm like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> no. I'll give you like, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks. Like, uh, the best on. is when, uh, and this has happened to me before too, where like, I'll get one that I've been like, sitting waiting to spend the money on. I'm like, all right, fine. I really do want this. And then like, Two weeks later, it's like, hey, 25th anniversary edition's coming out. We got yeah. 17 color variants. We got glow in the dark. We got whatever you want. And uh, it's dirt cheap. It's only 20 bucks compared to the $70 you just spent on an original pressing. You fucking moron. You ding dong. Yeah. You rube. You absolute rube. But yeah, we. The, I mean, it's been enough time. The dust definitely has settled. But we really do need like a deep dive into the psychology that led to the NFT craze. Oh, well, because because it, ha it has to be deeply... Uh, entwined with COVID nineteen, that's what I'm saying. Fucking yeah. up everyone's brains. No, it not not even fucking everyone's brains up. It was everyone was locked inside. It was amidst the GameStop uh, uh, investor stuff. Everyone got uh, you know money to live on, but they got flushed with cash for like a little bit, a little bit of cash in a very short amount of time, and uh, had nothing to do. Yeah, and and I, we should be clear, like the people. Most of the people buying this shit were people with too much expendable income mm -hmm. who, for like a solid year, had no way of conspicuously uh, spending money. Mm -hmm. Like in a normal time, they buy themselves a nice watch or like some fucking supreme clothes or this some shit. This was the only way to flaunt back but, then. But yeah, this, this was the only way to like show other people, yeah, I'm fucking rich. I spend money on bullshit. Check this out. This JPEG. $10,000. Yeah, it, it, it was, it's just gambling. All it was was gambling in, in, in during a pandemic where everyone is stuck inside on the internet. It's, it's really all it was. Beanie Babies, yeah. Yeah. And once that major, major, like the, the mass amount of people logged off, obviously all the prices are going to drop because even the people who were like totally invested in the tech or whatever they want to say it was, uh, it, it's lowered the value across the board. Because you're never going to get that mass amount of adoption back. But hey, you know, yeah, it was a crazy time. But on the bright side, at least we didn't uh, use up just like years worth of energy, extremely valuable uh, carbon uh, in the process. At least we didn't uh, propel climate change forward for a completely pointless reason. For just absolutely no fucking reason at a time when we needed to be doing the exact opposite. Actually, that was just uh, settling the balance because with all of the cars and uh, everything else off the road, we really needed to find a way, a creative way to pollute the planet when we weren't doing it in the traditional I would, way. Yeah, that's interesting. I would love to see if it did just fully cancel out. Cancel that out. It's like the opposite of uh, carbon credits. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're not polluting enough. <laughs> we, need to, we need to come up with something that is so wasteful 
That seems like something Greg Abbott would do. That's why he brought the crypto guys down to Texas. Yeah. He's like, people are buying electric cars and they're not spewing carbon into the atmosphere. Yeah. We got to do something about this. Get the crypto miners down here. Yeah. Uh, and obviously benefiting the Texas power grid by constantly mining. Yeah. Uh, no problems with the power grid. No problems with ERCOT. Um, we simply pay them to not mine. Yes. We, pay, we take your money from the taxpayer and we give it to crypto miners to not, to not mine, mine. So that we have energy. And we all win, I think, I guess. The, the explaining about that, I, fi- I read into it more. The excuse for that, apparently, I don't know how true this is, is that with the abundance of crypto mining moving to Texas, the amount of money being spent on the energy grid from these crypto miners uh, injected ca- positive cash flow to the energy companies, which in theory they would be able to use for infrastructure. Because right. companies and... always take their profits and direct them towards improvements yeah. to uh, improve the customer experience. Yeah. That's, that's what companies do yes. with money. Having said that, I'm on board with everyone else and thinking that's complete bullshit. Yeah. And that it's very dumb to have to pay well, crypto miners to not mine during high-intensity electrical situations. Especially right now. Like This is a very 2021 idea. Yeah. What are you doing in 2023 encouraging crypto miners to Do you know how many Bitcoin mining graphics cards it takes to power Greg Abbott's wheelchair? Because unless you can wrap your head around that, I don't want to hear no crypto talk from no normies. He's just got a bunch of fucking Radeons down there. Yeah. And if the higher the price goes up, the faster that wheelchair goes. Yeah. So. I can't play fucking Starfield, but Greg Abbott's got just a whole rack of fucking GPUs down there. I got to play Starfield at 15 frames a second. So this guy can drive 20 miles an hour in his chair. <laughs> round, round, get around. Clip from Mac and me of the guy going over the cliff. All right, now we've demonetized the video. And before we move to the headlines half of this show, which features multiple headlines about a disgraced main character somehow landing himself in even more disgrace, it's time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take the credit. Mm -hmm. A busy fall schedule doesn't always leave you with time to spare, and with HelloFresh, you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen whipping up a wholesome meal. With their quick and easy recipes and 15-minute meals, you can get a tasty dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get takeout or delivery. HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door. This fall, skip that extra trip to the grocery store and have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh also owns Green Chef, who also sponsors this show, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there is something for everyone. And we're especially fond of HelloFresh's hearty seasonal recipes. Mm. And the fall recipes on the menu right now are great for getting cozy and comfy while the weather finally starts cooling off. On next week's menu, they've got the Hall of Fame sweet and spicy apricot pork chops and garlicky green beans with chili roasted carrots. Marron! 
And if you're looking to get real hearty with it, there's also the Homestyle Turkey and Biscuit Pot Pie with Pillsbury Southern Homestyle Buttermilk Biscuits, Carrots, Celery, and Fresh Thyme. I can barely say these names. And it's a you're mouthful. Gonna able, you're going to be able to cook them like that. I, lo I love all the, the fall vegetables, those those underground vegetables that have been sitting in the dirt all mm. year waiting Just wait for, for that me. special time. You got, I get my cinnamon broom. I put it right at the door. I walk in. I go, hey, what is it? November in here? No, it's only September. But between HelloFresh and these delicious fall candles, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50WeeklyWeird and use code 50WeeklyWeird for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Oh, wow. Again, that's 50% off plus 15% off the next two months by going to HelloFresh.com slash 50WeeklyWeird and using the code 50WeeklyWeird. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I gotta get some... Cinnamon brooms and cinnamon pine cones for this office. Make it smell really festive Let's, in here. Uh, it really embrace that season that barely registers on the thermometer here where we live. Yeah. Well, it is cool enough. It is. I wore a hoodie today. It was very nice. Very cozy. I like it. Anyways, let's get into the headlines half of the show. The craziest. Uh -oh. something, something sounds squeaky and oily. Uh, the squeak <laughs> would be the sound of his clown shoes. And the oily <laughs> would be the oil running out of his I head. I just up. Slimy and sound honk, coming through. Honk, 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 yeah, it's time to talk about Rudy Giuliani. It's weird headlines time, so let's start it off, Elliot. Rudy Giuliani sued by own lawyer for $1.3 million in unpaid fees. <laughs> That's my lawyer, dog. I'm going to jail. This, I mean, we say it every time, but what a fucking downfall. And this is the. Yeah, it's the meteoric. The, the details here are very oh. interesting. The guy suing Rudy, Rudy's former personal attorney, mm -hmm is a guy who, back in the 70s, came up alongside Rudy. They were both fucking prosecutors in New York, like, taking down the mafia together. Yeah. Real, like, legal ninjas. And uh, fast forward 50 years, and um, one of them suing the other for being just a, a total mess who can't pay his fucking bills. He got stiffed, and he should have seen it coming. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're taking on Rudy Giuliani as a client or even as an associate in any way in this year or even the past, I don't know, four years, you know what you're getting into. Shut up. Rudy is, uh, what a legacy. That's all I got to say. What a timeline. Crazy. Speaking of Rudy, though, ex-Trump aide Cassidy Hutchinson claims Rudy Giuliani groped her on January 6th. Yeah, and it gets darker than this too like but like i guess someone saw it and was just like oh it's just rudy being rudy or something like that yeah he this was in front of other people so yeah. basically uh yeah insurrection got rudy uh, real horned up actually yeah. no this was right before the insurrection it was when trump was doing his speech where he's like all right go storm the capitol and um yeah rudy's backstage Goody. and pretty much and yeah. uh yeah he's like he's like cassidy we're we're gonna do it we're we're gonna get trump back in the office and he goes to like hug her and then just immediately the hands are oh these things have a mind of their own yeah and like uh trump's mark meadows i think was like just in the room just like oh that's rudy but uh yeah and, and can't take this goblin anywhere she wrote this in her book like I, I can't believe there's still trump administration tell-alls coming out but they are and uh rudy's people were like well, clearly, like, this doesn't sound like anything uh, Rudy Giuliani would do. Like, it's like, wait, no, this sounds exactly like this lines up perfectly with every other fucking thing we've this heard about this guy. This is the most Rudy thing I've ever heard. heard. No, like, at this point, like, it's a pattern. This man's very handsy, probably sundowning 
in a way where like old dudes do get weirdly horny when he dementia is, kicks he's in. He's throwing it into fast forward with the rampant alcohol abuse. Yeah. Yeah, there, it's not as if he's slowing down the dementia. Yeah, you have age-based cognitive decline and uh, alcohol-based cognitive decline. They're apparently, uh, according to like multiple sources from within the their own administration, the final months of the Trump administration, Rudy was never not drunk. He was drunk the entire. Like he would walk into a room and they'd be like, "Jesus Christ!" Yeah, I mean, you could just smell it. Yeah, on you, him. alcoholism has a smell. Yeah. It's, it smells uh, like a rotting body and booze. Especially when you're as sweaty as, as Rudy is. Yeah. Yikes. That's probably like that that goop that was coming out. It's like, oh, yeah, it's totally, it's immune to sweat. Unless your sweat is like 50% alcohol, then uh, then it will dissolve. That was a fire hazard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Michigan woman pulled from outhouse toilet after climbing in for Apple Watch. Just let it go. And she got the watch back. Well, good. Um... She did spend... But wash and wash, it'll never be clean. I mean... You know, they're, sm- they're expensive. Also, like, why you gotta climb in there? You just get, like, some well, kind of retractable thing or a... You a know, grabber? Yeah, a grabber or a, well, so you're a in, big like, spoon. She's out, you're, out, you're out in the wilderness and you're like, oh, if I go get a fucking ranger, maybe get the grabber from them, but I'll come back. And some someone more disgusting than me is just gonna go down there and Currently, and I'm steal only digging my, my own watch. shit, yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Also, how are you dropping an Apple Watch in a, in a Yeah, it's attached body? to your wrist. Yeah, you taking it off? It's not even like a phone where it's like, oh, I dropped it or something. You, I mean, it must have been a pretty gnarly shit if you're taking your watch off. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Shirt off, watch <laughs> off, fucking everything. Oh, God! Well, I'm in uh, here fighting. Why do they call it a restroom when I'm in here fighting demons? I hope it was worth it. I mean, at least it's not, I think this outhouse was near a lake, so she could just go and swim in the lake for a little bit. Get no, most of that off. Knowing America's lakes, they might be dirtier than that outhouse. Yeah, but <laughs> dirty in a microscopic way. Yeah. I haven't had my daily dose of microplastics yet. <laughs> Whoo! Speaking of water, Australian man fined for taking pet snakes surfing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't know her, I couldn't do that. I mean, the pictures of this guy serving with a snake are fucking... Like, snake guys are, like, that's a very specific type of type guy. Type of guy. Uh, <laughs> right up there with, like, uh, parrot guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, parrots, like, most people find parrots uh, cute, or at least cuter than snakes. Snakes are... Snakes, I, I don't really have a problem with snakes, but I, I'd say the majority of the population finds them just viscerally repellent. Uh, uh, sure. And... Uh, I would trust a sna- one of those big snakes more than a parrot. A parrot, I'm always nervous around. Their bites fucking hurt. Yeah. The snake, very low chance you're going to get bit by it. And they shit everywhere. Because they have to use so much energy to like... A snake's only going to bite you if it thinks that you're a meal. Or well, the boas, like the ones that people yeah. carry around with them. I mean, this is like a python. I mean, a it's, python, it's yeah. long. I don't... I mean, could be dangerous. But yeah, it's... Birds all, are dicks, though. They'll just snap on you. It's Australia, so they're really strict about animals. And like, yeah, you, you're not allowed to take pet reptiles like out of your house. Hmm. Like part of the license for owning a reptile, but this snake guy, yeah, he'd take it out surfing. He'd ha- he'd have it around his neck while he's getting pitted. He- the snake would be like riding the board in front of him. That's cool. Doing- hanging hanging ten. Yeah, hanging hanging one. one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, pretty awesome, but uh, too cool for the Australian uh, government apparently. Yeah, on a list of like risky things to do in Australia, I feel like this is pretty low. Well. 
That's the thing, though, is everyone's going to be doing it if they let everyone do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, it. if people start taking their pet snakes out with them, eventually enough of them will escape into the wild and just you don't cause fly. like they, they Australia ha- already has enough experience with just like really minor things. We have causing, a very fragile ecosystem. Yeah, here. like the whole cane toads uh, yeah. story, story, which The Simpsons parody, but it was a real thing. They're just yeah. like, oh, let's put these cane toads over here because they're going to eat all the mosquitoes. It's gonna What could go wrong? Wasn't it like they had a rabbits thing too where like they brought in rabbits to get rid of something and then they had to, there's like a rabbit hunt every year? Yeah, they they just brought over a bunch of animals. and Oh, those every, animals were called British people. Every single one of them caused problems. hi e- Even fucking cats. People in Australia, like, you are not allowed to have outdoor cats. Because... I saw an outdoor cat the other day uh, on a leash. It's crazy. Oh, well, that's not... a cat on a leash isn't an outdoor cat. I'm talking about a yeah. a neighborhood cat. You oh. can't do that in Australia because they like they're like making a bunch of bird species go extinct. Yeah. Over here in America, we just do that with pollution. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kill the birds just <laughs> where they live in the air. Not enough people driving, killing all the birds. We need to start mining NFTs. Get some more NFTs going. Too yeah. many birds. A high school band director was tased by cops at a football game after he refused orders to stop his musicians from playing. This story, I, I looked, I've read so many articles about it, I just don't understand. But yeah, this is in the South. It's Alabama, so obviously most important thing in everyone's lives, high school football. Yeah. Uh, the second most important thing in everyone's lives, uh, the band music at the high school football game. And it's this, the only two ways to get into college. Yeah. <laughs> it... In a lot of cases, yes. Yeah, the band director for one of the teams, uh, the game was over, and he's just, like, continuing with the band music. And uh, for some reason, the cops were like, put down the trombone! And, I can, I can uh, see how it would be annoying, but not necessarily... Not everyone's really. leaving, everyone's going home. Yeah. I don't know, it escalated in some way. The guy's like, no, fuck you, I'm going to keep directing this high school brass band. Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where they, they fucking tased him and arrested him. Real messy situation. Um, I don't know why they couldn't just let the, <laughs> let the man keep playing, but I don't know. Maybe they're paying by the hour to use yeah. the stadium. They were, they were recruiting. They were like, you can either be a football player and go to college, or you could be in the band and go to college, or you can take that beautiful high school diploma right down to the local police recruiting station mm-hmm. and beat up people for no reason and threaten them. Pretty cool, huh? Maybe the teacher, maybe he wasn't getting the the respect of his band class. Yeah. Uh, These so, students are more disciplined than the cops. So he, he's like, I'm going to get myself arrested. Yeah. I'm going get to that, get that prison rep for my students so they That's know right. how tough I am. They'll respect me. He then. showed up with a tiny little uh, uh, flute on his next to his eye after prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Killed a guy with a flute in prison. No big deal. Now the kids will respect me. The same family of bears won't stop wrecking trail cameras and have been caught in the act five times on video. This fucking rules. These bears... They don't like the trail cams. They do not like those trail cams. And yeah, it's the same group. It's a mama bear and uh, three cubs. Mm -hmm. And they've done this so many times. Just every trail cam they see, they're like, get it out of there. Privacy, please. Yeah. And like... Mama's teaching the little ones to do it too. There's like an adorable one. It's just like the orcas. There's one from like, I guess early on, because this bear cub is fucking tiny. It's the size of like a teddy bear. Aww. And like harassing the mom. And the mom's like, get, get, leave your mother alone. I'm busy. And the kid just like makes a beeline for the trail cam and like knocks it over. And the mom's like, all right, good and job, son. Yeah, like it. 
I respect you now. The bears, they don't know, though, that those trail cameras are there for a reason. They're to catch sexual offenders who are out in the woods. And people who got lost. Nope, just sexual offenders. And yeah. that one guy in Alaska who waved at the camera and yeah, did a thumbs guy. down. That guy. Nope, not good. I am lost. <laughs> That's why they're taking him down, because it, uh, it helps humans. We catch yeah. sex offenders and rescue lost hikers, and the bears are like, want none of this. Yeah, this is like, uh, it's like gangs in the UK, or I guess in the US too, that like spray paint over uh, mm-hmm. police cameras and stuff. Yeah, good yeah. for these bears. They need some privacy. Yeah. Couple livid after sitting next to farting dog on 13-hour flight. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah, 13 hours, that's, that's a long time to be sitting next to a farting, a farting dog. dog. And yes, uh, I am a, I'm a... I'm a lover of dogs. I've never taken a dog on a plane because, um, well, I leave the dogs at home when I'm vacationing. I don't need the emotional support of an animal, and I kind of find the entire concept to be sort of bullshit, and at the very least, inconsiderate to those around you, especially if you've got a gassy dog. Yeah, oh, God. I can't even imagine. I'd be so pissed. But the, again, this is another reason why, even if you, are, you know, aren't just playing it safe with a mask on a plane, this is another reason why it's good to have one just in case. Yeah, that's true. Also, like, I mean, I'm mostly on the side of the people who had to deal with the stinky dog, but they also, like, they kept complaining to the airline, and finally they went to the fucking media about it. I'm like, all right, calm down. Yeah. Get over yourself. This is not going to happen all the time. It yeah. was just unfortunate. You got unlucky. Yes. It happened. Take the L. Calm down. Yeah. Well, again, it's a good reason to have a mask. Yeah, so especially now it's uh, new variants going around. New variant just dropped. Oh, the oh the most American thing possible. It's just like, yep, we got the new vaccines ready for everyone. Make sure you get your flu shot and your vaccine shot. Um, by the way, this is uh, because this is America. This is going to be a completely cumbersome and expensive process because uh, insurance companies are already denying COVID shots for Wait, patients. Wait, what? Yeah, it's not free anymore. No. What the fuck? I know. Why? Can they not make the COVID vaccines free? And flu shots as well. Even during COVID, I had to pay for my flu shot. Oh, that's weird. It's fucking bizarre. Hmm. Like, this country just is so broken. The fact that they're like, everyone, great news. We got the the new variant. We got uh, COVID vaccines specifically made for all the new variants. Um, Just make sure you bring your insurance card, obviously. And uh, by the way, your insurance, they might deny it. So you don't know if you're going to have to pay $150 in a couple weeks or not. It's going to be a fun surprise when you go to the mailbox. Why would you need preventative medicine? There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Wow. Insane. Fucking ridiculous. And, and and other states are doing no favors. Florida is basically saying that you absolutely should not get the shot if you're under 65, which is, I believe, a way to get around any kind of like <sighs> responsibility for paying for it for their citizens. Uh, an operating perfect country here. Everything is... Going great. No notes. A Cuban teenager was offered a job doing construction work in Russia. Instead, he was sent to fight on the front lines in Ukraine. We're we're doing the 21st century version of, like, Shanghaiing people. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, they'd, like, get you super drunk at the tavern, and you wake up, you're on a fucking pirate ship out at sea. Like, you're a pirate now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, this is fucked up. And uh, yet another, I mean, I already, like, the bloodthirsty attitude that a lot of uh, pro-Ukraine people have about Russian troops already uh, made me very unsettled because these are just 
teenagers being sent to the front lines. But like hearing this, I'm like, oh, like a lot of these people literally just got like fucking tricked. Yeah. To fly across the world to go die in this war. It's bad. I can't I can't hold that against them. No. Oh, uh, Collins Pan's new Senate dress code. I plan to wear a bikini tomorrow. Please don't, no, Susan. Lady, come on. Susan, I don't want to see that. It is, it's just, uh, again, not to go back to our fully operating country, but the fact that with everything that is happening or scheduled to happen with the government right now, uh, uh, w- the government shutdown that's looming, uh, the potential remover of the speaker of the removal of the speaker of the house, all of this, and all week long is just like, can you believe that they let John Fetterman, a giant, wear basketball shorts into the, the has he even sacred done building. that though? I feel like he's worn a suit every time he goes to work. I don't fucking know or care. Yeah, like who who fucking cares? I this is the least of my concerns. No, if you want to yeah, wear a suit, you can keep wearing a fucking suit. I don't care. It's, Whatever. They're literally about to shut down the government again, which like a bunch of, you know, conservatives are like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And a bunch of everyone else is going, by the way, there's, you know, millions of people who uh, you think of politicians when we say shut down the government. But it means literally anyone with a government job, which yeah, is a, a, a very significant of amount of citizens. So, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of other things to be worrying about. Dress code, not so much. Although, look, hey, if you want to make a mockery of it and wear your bikini with those big old lady boobs. Then more power to you. No, I'd Miss, still prefer you didn't. Miss fucking Trump learned his lesson 17 times. This was the day that Trump finally became president. He'll, he'll never do this. He Is was that a, what Susan Collins said? No, but she was uh, the one that was like, I think that he's learned his lesson. But she said that 10 times. Like every time he would do something wrong and they would like lightly discipline him yeah. or have the option of disciplining him. She'd be like, well, I think he really learned his lesson today. Okay, Susan. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Susan Collins' most famous uh, constituent, yeah, Stephen King's wife threatened to divorce him because he wouldn't stop playing Mambo Number no. Five. It's a banger. It's a great song. Uh, I he didn't One, say two, three, four, five. Is, I don't know if he said exactly when this happened. I, probably around the time it was really popular. But I, I like the idea that this happened like two, recently, two years ago. Yeah. Have you heard this Mambo Number no. Five? I can't get it out of my head. Real earworm. You think he's you're like he can't possibly list any more women's names, and then, and then he does. Yeah, it's crazy. All rhyming and stuff. Uh huh. This Lou Bega, he's really uh really onto something. Yeah. But yeah, I guess he uh, when he's writing his books, he's just like blasting music all the time. It works. And he like he especially likes like really dancing music. It this completely ruins all of my. I've read a lot of Stephen King books, and uh, they're all tarnished now by the knowledge that he's blasting. Uh, Mambo number five uh, while writing it. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like it. He's a, he's an interesting guy. He sure is. Anyways, uh, it's a kind of a short one for us this week. Elliot is going to the spookiest town in America. Yeah. New Orleans. So uh, a little, tiny little break for us. We'll be back Monday or Tuesday with some new videos. But and yeah, some no. new gumbo. Some yeah, shrimp. some shrimp, some uh, beignets, beignets, a mint julep. Yeah. Oh. Are you going to wear a fully white suit and a white hat? Uh, No. You're not going to sit on a porch drinking a mint julep out of I, a tin I can? I will do that. Okay. The white suit's just going to get dirty, though. How many uh, haunted real estate locations are you going to look at? Uh, a lot. Yeah. Several. Uh, Well, hopefully there's no hurricanes while you're there. Uh, But I hope you have a great time. And in the meantime, look, 
Well, still three episodes this week. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Got Not a big deal. Of content. Calm down. Yeah. All right. Uh, but if you haven't already seen our most recent episodes, um, Elon is finally proving that we do need a Second Amendment and that the yeah. right to bear arms is very important so that you can lock down roles in video games with them. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a rundown of Elon's latest capers uh, and stumbles on Tech Newsday. And we also have uh, the U.S. military. Again, again, radio silence ever since this has happened. The biggest news story in the world on Monday. Oops. Where's the jet? We lost the stealth fighter jet and now nothing. Uh, so full rundown on both of those Smash over there. Smash the like button. Hit the like button. If you don't hit that like button, we're never coming back. Yeah, That's a it. threat. I will leave. I will walk right out that door. He'll never come back from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Watch those videos. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Bye.